0: None of us would stoop so low as to attack somebody behind their back, would we? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth oriented, partial related Torah podcasts. And in our upcoming parsha of Kisavo, or Kitavo, we have a series of blessings and curses that were uttered upon our entry to the land of Israel. In our parsha, we're not yet there, we're projecting as to what will happen when we get to the land of Israel, and we'll have a venue in which the nation is going to be gathered at the mountains of Hargurizim and Har Eval, and hear a series of blessings articulated, to which we must declare amen, and a series of curses, to which we, maybe more reluctantly, must also declare amen. Among those curses, oror, curses is the one, asheryakeh, who attacks Re'ehu, his peer, Basaser in hidden, a masked attack. And this masked attack, Rashi understands, is not talking about where we come up and and hit him from behind, but where we hit him with our words from behind. Where we say something behind his back that is ultimately derogatory and damaging. Lashon hara, evil speech, maligning the other, gossip, uh, the This time of the year worth drawing a specific attention as we get near the yard site of the famed Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim, the name of the work written by Rabbi Stromer, uh Cohen Kagan, uh, the famed sage, scholar, saintly personality of just over a hundred years ago. Um, really the, the magnet for Torah inquiries from around the world and the one who disseminated much Torah knowledge, and for our purposes today, particularly highlighting the effects of Lashon Hara, the degree to which it is frowned upon and and prohibited by the Torah, and um, helped motivate and inspire, uh, certainly uh, generations at this point, in being more cautious in this regard. And as he describes, putting it in contemporary terms, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will very likely hurt me far more. My name's derogatory messages defaming can easily have effects that are far more damaging than those sticks and stones. It goes back probably close to 20 years ago. <laughs> we take it for granted, like, email's been here forever. Um, you know, 20 years ago, not everybody out there had five email accounts. It wasn't quite as... as absolutely a given as it is today. There was a Rabbi Luban that wrote an article, an email from heaven, I think is what it was called, where describes somebody who's able to determine that there's a system by which you can find out what your heavenly account is like, to determine or before before Hashanah, right now, the scales, our mitzvahs versus our sins, that need to be very top-heavy on the mitzvah side. And there's a way to click on to see your heavenly accounting. And he does so, he follows the instructions in this email, and he sees the heavenly accounting of his mitzvahs, and then he sees the sins, and they're accruing, and just like this constant motion, that the, the wheels are spinning more and more and more and more sins, and he says, where are they coming from? I'm just sitting here reading my emails. And he investigates, you can click for details, and again as this Rabbi Luban is describing in his essay, uh, this person is exposed to the fact that it's a lush and horror comment that he shared, where he maligned somebody. He made a comment about a particular accountant not knowing his stuff, and the word is spreading around the world. His initial comment being put out on lists and, and shared in blogs, f- different forums, where now this person's credibility is being damaged big time. So he Asks, is is there any way, like, how do you take the lead? How do you reverse? How do you stop the process? And he's told the story of an individual who came to the rabbi and said, Rabbi, how do I atone for the fact that I spoke ill of this particular individual in my town? The rabbi said, step number one, take a feather pillow. A feather pillow? Yes. Take a feather pillow up to the roof. On a breezy day, pop the feather pillow and then come back to me. Okay, so far that wasn't so tough. I'll take a feather pillow. Okay, twenty dollars down the drain, or out in the breeze and jumps up, goes up on the roof, pops the pillow, feathers go flying. Ah, feels so, like such a release. All those feathers flying in all directions. Okay, I guess that was it. But let me go ask the rabbi uh, just a follow-up step. Comes back to the rabbi. Okay, rabbi, I did step number one. What's step number two? Step number two, retrieve all the feathers. You spoke, Leshan Hara. You've got to retrieve all the comments. You need to go pull them back. So this individual has to go now and try to find everybody who's emailing everybody and get to the nth degree and tell them, "Well, it was a mistake. My comment was said a little bit of exaggeration on my part. Oh, it was a little manipulation of the facts." And really, he's not so bad. You can use that accountant. Okay as he sends out messages, tries to find all the names sending messages, people say, what are you talking about? Who are you? I don't know who you are. I heard from a credible source, because the person who sent me the email is somebody that I trust, not knowing that he picked up the comment from someone who picked up the comment from someone who picked it up from you, I heard from a credible source that this guy is no good. Very hard to pull back on the Lashnahara our comment in our parsha, there's a curse to one who hits the other behind his back, is particularly interesting, the way the Chafetz Chaim defines these prohibitions, that it's more consequential when the comment is actually true. Now, quick note, if it's a true comment that should be shared, halakhically, I need to protect somebody from a certain damage, then that's a whole different category. But it's a true comment that need not have been said. There's no reason in the world anybody has to know about the negative comment I shared at so-and-so. I'm not protecting you from a dishonest accountant. I didn't like this guy because he does X, Y, or Z behavior that is unrelated to his capacity to function as an accountant. He knows his numbers. He gets his work done on time. I happen to not like the fact... That this guy has a character flaw of a totally irrelevant um, element that doesn't touch upon this, right? He doesn't take uh, another mitzvah seriously, which is a shame, but has no impact whatsoever. Uh, he has some type of an issue that you know, he and my brother-in-law had a little bit of a spat about who really was supposed to be keeping the score for the bowling league, if those things still exist. Uh, There's something going on, a little bit of a petty feud, and therefore I made my comment totally irrelevant to his credibility, uh, authority to be functioning the way that he does, um, professionalism. So if that's the case, if the comment is totally false, it actually is less of an issue because it's easier to reverse it by just pointing the fact that it's not true. But where the comment is true, I can't say, oh, What I shared wasn't true. If if the comment I shared, I shared that this guy is hard to get along with in certain social settings, and it happens to be true it's hard to get along with him in certain social settings, but irrelevant, I can't just backstep by saying it's not true. So I have to show why it's not relevant. It gets much more complicated. And the comment behind his back, the comment that is causing him that damage, you could be causing a person financial ruin, social ruin, family discord, many, many, many potential negative ramifications from that behind-the-back attack. Why do we do it? What motivates us to speak ill of the other? As many of my mentors would share, we have to realize that it's often coming from a fact that it's easier to feel good about ourselves when we have negated others' If I realize that there's room, I should really be growing in a certain area. I should be better developing myself. It's hard to work on myself. But the more I can reduce others, the less I need to worry about elevating myself because I feel comfortable that I am ahead of the class simply because I have reduced the class to some lower status. How much more significant, how much more effective, how much more correct for us to put all that energy into working on elevating ourselves instead of deflating and defaming the others. This season of year, big, big deal. Aside from the technical prohibitions involved in Lashon hara, and the chavetz Chaim points to the fact that there are many, aside from this issue of the curse, there are actual direct prohibitions that are breached when speaking ill of the other, it's time for us to be focused on our personal growth. It's time for us to be focused on not allowing our, the ticker tape to keep expanding with more and more um, you know, corruption on our part. And another nuance, and perhaps as far as a tachlis step for today, a step that we can do that really could be a very brief but effective tool in helping steer away from that Lashon Does this bring... God nachas. No easy way to translate nachas, but let's say pride and joy. If speaking of the other, let's imagine that it may not technically fit into the category of lashon hara, and I'm not sure. When I came up in my mind's eye with some theory why it's not really prohibited, and in my mind's eye, it's not really going to affect this person's finances, and it's not really like to affect him social standing. But, is my comment that I'm about to make about somebody, that somebody shares a parent with me. They share God. Avinu Malkinu. Our father, our king. I'm going to say it, Rosh Hashanah, and he or she, they're going to say it as well. Avinu Malkinu, if we have the same father, if I made this comment to my parent about that, quote-unquote, sibling of mine, Am I making my parent radiate with pride and joy, or is it one more frustration? This is the time of year to be bringing God nachas, to help him feel proud of his kids, ourselves included. Ponder that as we're schmoozing about somebody and realize, you know, the Chavetz Chaim, people attested to the fact that he wasn't uh, somebody who was silent, some people fear that if I'm going to study about the laws of Lashon Har, I'll never be able to talk. Uh, somebody once commented to the Chavetz son-in-law, I see that you're much more reserved, and your father is actually um, very open to talking. So he said, my father-in-law is so proficient in the laws that he's really able to know when he can say what. My father-in-law is so controlled by the laws that he has much less to worry about. The rest of us, it's a bigger deal. So number one, we've got to study what is legitimate talk, what's not legitimate talk. There are so many guides to basic laws and parameters of Lashon Hara available in all languages nowadays. You just search um, Lashon Hara, you'll find books, essays, um, very popular uh, works published by the Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation. But aside from that notion of Educating ourselves and motivating ourselves, pondering this simple issue of, "Hey, is this a positive comment that God's happy that I'm sharing, makes him proud, joy, or is it a frustration, another angst, and that's not a healthy thing for us to be doing at this time of the year, or in general?" So. None of us want to be accused of attacking others behind their their backs. We're not going to do it physically. Let's be all the more cautious about not doing it verbally. That's a big, big deal as well. Let's recognize that the damage, the pain we cause, it's not appropriate, it's not worth it, and it's not bringing Hashem that nachas and joy. Instead, find the comments that will make Hashem proud. Find the comments that will bring him nachas. Find the modes of speech that will be uplifting find the modes of behavior that will elevate ourselves so we don't feel the need to put others down and in so doing develop into the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve our attackless.